Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, And today I am, quite honestly, sitting with the heaviness of our collective state of affairs in the world. And very specifically in my uh, place of birth in the United States. And I'm thinking quite a lot about privilege, about... Um, civilization, about how many empires and civilizations have built, been built off of the backs of others, and great historical injustices that have been faced by our Native American brothers and sisters and by our African American brothers and sisters, and you know, for some of you, it may even be triggering for me to, uh, as a white man, to say brother and sister. Um, but my intention is simply to share a perspective. I in no way uh, purport to be an authority. I am doing my best to humbly bear witness and to be in the listening. And I'm reminded a bit of a story. I, I have had the good fortune of, of sitting with some really profound um, elders, uh, some Native American elders, um, some uh, African elders and African American elders. And in times like this, I often look to those who are wiser and more experienced. I look to the legacies of the Nelson Mandela's and think about what is possible in the context of forgiveness in the face of great injustice. And I think also about uh, the great calling, I think, that is, that is, that is happening, that, is, that, that it manifests in part in form through a pandemic, manifests in part through... Um, a movement, which is to bring about a greater state of equilibrium, you know, equilibrium with the planet, equilibrium with each other uh, as a human race. If we don't find a way to live together more sustainably, then we will, as a civilization, cease to exist. And I think what we're amidst is in many regards, an aspect of the Great Awakening. And what I've seen, um, again, just as a simple observer, is in ceremony, there's a context called getting well. You know, um, sometimes in certain sacred ceremonies, there will be moments where members of the collective uh, will um, get sick, if you will, will purge. And what I often find is that purge is a collective purge. It's an individual purge, but it's also a collective purge because one person's story, one person's experience often touches the heart, touches the experience of another. And in this age we're living in where social media uh, shares stories, uh, some constructed, some beautiful, some 
tragic, some uh, highly triggering. Uh, there's a great spreading of, um, well, in one part, a virus of fear, uh, and in, in, in other ways, um, a perpetuation of dis-ease. Now, I'm not a, in any way advocating that information shouldn't be shared. It's just to say, I think when things are heightened as they are right now, and many of us uh, are considering how to effectively participate I'm reminded at times of ceremonial space. And what I've seen in ceremony, which to me feels in some ways analogous to what I see around me, is there is a time oftentimes where a number of people are getting well. They are purging. And... They're purging ultimately in an experience that is profoundly di- <laughs> profoundly uncomfortable, both uh, for them individually and at times for the whole collective. It can um, it can really uh, take the efforts and energies and focus uh, and grounding of the entire community at times to move that purge through through the space through the space and time. And for the space to become balanced again, to find harmony, to move through to a place of wellness. Uh, as I mentioned, I lived and studied with the traditional healer for two years in Sri Lanka, and he talked about health being uh, the rhythm of the heart, and that ultimately health is about balance. And when one person falls out of balance, you know, traditionally there wasn't a concept of me and I. It was we and us. And so if you fell out of balance, it was the role of us to bring you back because it wasn't you and it wasn't me. It was simply we. That notion of Ubuntu, um, that notion of our collective identity being the truth. And what I think we're being shown in a variety of ways is our inherent interdependence when uh, the cough or what have you of one person in one part of the world can dismantle the livelihood of another on the other side of the world, we are shown our interdependence. When the tragic injustice of an oppressive and sick human takes the life of another and causes the uprising of millions of people around the world, we are being pointed to a great injustice, a great dis-ease, one that is systemic and rooted and affecting all of the collective. And so in that period and in, in that context, the question I ask myself is, how do I most effectively participate? And I know the question many of my friends are asking is, how do I effectively participate? And I have at times actively participated because I felt called and it felt responsible and it felt appropriate to do so. Knowing exactly what that looks like changes. When Standing Rock happened, my father was a veteran and he wasn't able to travel. So I traveled with a group of veterans 
to the Standing Rock Reservation, uh, and it was incredibly powerful. Uh, it was powerful for a variety of reasons, one of which was I got to bear witness to some incredible acts of courage, of forgiveness, of reconciliation. And I'll never forget, with thousands of strangers descending on this reservation, strangers that would traditionally also be seen as a great threat, there was an embracing with open arms. And the indigenous elder that greeted the veterans said, as you walk here, just keep one thing in mind. Walk as if each step were a prayer. And I could think of really no better initiation, no better context setting for integrating and enrolling a collective in a group effort. And it was one of the more powerful experiences of my life. One day I'll share more. But to bring it back, what I learned through that experience was there's are, there are times to participate and there are times to bear witness. Um, again, to go back into ceremony, there are times when there's a great imbalance in the context of the, of the ceremonial space. And it's oftentimes the role of the facilitator who is trained and who has made the requisite commitments and has this, the requisite knowledge and wisdom, it's really um, at their behest and the behest of their helpers who are holding them to hold space that they navigate through that, that period. And in certain ceremonies where I've seen acts where even the shaman uh, was having, um, where there was great imbalance, I was taught that actually the true shaman in that context was the fire because the fire ultimately transmutes all energy and is an ancient, ancient technology. And I think we are going through now in some ways a metaphorical collective fire that necessitates, you know, a Comanche elder, uh, a Comanche gentleman once told me, you know, we get transfixed by the flames, but the power, the power is in the coals. And in, in indigenous traditions, the coals are considered the grandfathers. They're what keep the fire burning, the sacred fire. And to me, I look to the wisdom of the elders, of the grandfathers, again, humbly, not knowing the right way forward. But what I've seen as I've been in the listening is that there are times where it's best to pay respects and let others lead. And that's the beauty in what I've seen. I, I've witnessed a couple of National Guard uh, soldiers, for example, kneeling and listening to the protesters and praying with them. I've seen a group of white parishioners kneeling down and asking for forgiveness, as occurred in Standing Rock with the veterans, where veterans kneeled down and prayed for forgiveness for the historical injustice perpetuated against Native Americans. And as a white man, I want to apologize in my own way for the historical injustices committed against African Americans. And 
the great injustice that is the privilege all of us have to live the way we live built off in many ways the labors, the efforts, and in many cases the injustices of the exploitation of previous ancestors. So I go to a song that I had learned, which is an ancient Hawaiian song, which is a prayer called Ho'oponopono. And the essence, as I understand it, of that song, which I have heard in the context of ceremony, is thank you, please forgive me, I love you. And so in this instance, I've chosen to ask for forgiveness, to ask for forgiveness for any deeds that consciously or unconsciously I have ever executed that may have in any way made anyone feel less than uncomfortable, um, um, that perpetuated pain for anyone or hurt for anyone. You know, I, I ask for forgiveness. I seek to be well, to get well, to be the best version of myself. And sometimes I feel that comes with great courage and taking the spirit of the peaceful warrior and making a voice heard. And sometimes I think it comes to sitting back and listening and taking a knee and bearing witness and listening to the wisdom of wiser voices and accepting the leadership of the true shamans, the true elders, the true leaders who can effectively navigate the collective through this period of dis-ease, this period of unwellness. And I pray for a collective forgiveness. I pray for love, that we find a way to love each other. I pray for grace. I pray for humility. I pray for courage. I pray to know when it's appropriate to sit back and to listen, to bear witness, to ground, to protect, to hold space, and when to stand and stand in solidarity and raise a voice together with others in a collective song. And I go back to thinking about movements and I think about Nelson Mandela and I think about South Africans rising up against armed oppressors using only their song, their collective spirit and the movement that that birthed and the overthrowing of the great injustice which was apartheid and the way that that rallied the world. And my hope and my prayer is that we find a way to find balance, that we find a way to get well together, 
to move through a collective purge, to, to move through and acknowledge, as is the context of any good process of peace and reconciliation, to authentically acknowledge the great injustices that have been committed, that have been, that are still committed, that are perpetuated to this day, that for hundreds of years humans were stolen and put into a context where they were forced into horrific labor and various systems that are in place, an inequitable, oftentimes, justice system that disproportionately targets black lives, the lives especially of men of color, and that is privatized and often creates an incentive for the incarceration and suppression of black lives and black voices. I do not purport to know the answer, but I would be remiss if I did not speak up in my own way for what I believe to be possible and against that which I feel is unjust. And so humbly, as a man living in the listening, I pray for courage. I pray for humility. I pray for grace. And I pray for forgiveness. And I call for and pray for us to find our resonance, our collective song. Because I think the true medicine is in our is in our shared music. It's in finding that that way in which each of our unique textures, each of our unique instruments, our skin colors, our cultures, our gifts, and so many gifts have been given to us through black culture. That we honor and acknowledge that heritage, that tradition, the fact that much of it was stolen, and that we collectively ask for forgiveness for that and we do our best to make it right to bring us back to balance to make it well so that as a collective a human collective we can find a way to acknowledge and seek peace and reconciliation for great historical injustices that are perpetuated to this day and find a way through the challenge, find a way through the disease towards a place of wellness. I pray for our collective wellness. Thanks for listening. To all those out there that are taking courageous action, to all those out there that are in the listening, bearing witness, and also taking action in solidarity with this movement and the leadership that's being called for to birth forth a new reality. Um, I speak in solidarity for our collective well-being. I'm grateful for all your efforts. And I will be here in the listening, 
I will be here holding space and when necessary and as necessary when called to stand, to rise in the collective and through our collective song, I will be there singing with you.